did a, a wedding um, uh, fr- a Friday night. And, you know, when the couple comes forward, they don't, you know, they wrote their own vows. And in the vows, it wasn't, it didn't say, um, well, uh, you know, and I, Gertrude, you know, I, I really hope we can last five years. You know, that's my expectation. I, I think if we can make it five years, you know, then it's time to look around a little bit. We've both changed, you know, maybe it won't work. And he didn't go, you know, uh, did I say she was her? Well, she's Gertrude. He's Gunther. And, he, and, and so Gunther doesn't say, oh, uh, you know, uh, you know, and I, and I too hope that it, I, I, I'm really committed. I want to go seven years, you know. They, they had expectations for their marriage. And, and as I look out here, you have expectations for your marriage. And even as we were joking, some, some of you, it's your second marriage. Some of you, it's your third. If you're going on your fourth, don't have any expectations. <laughs> you're the problem, okay? So uh, anyway, um, stop. So, so we, we have all these expectations. And you had expectations when you came here. You got in your car. When you put the key in the ignition and you turned it, you expected that thing to fire up. You didn't know you had that expectation. You just did. You expected last night when I went to bed, I said, Siri, set my alarm for 7 a.m. And it said, you know, I don't know what you're saying. And I'm like, ugh. But anyway, uh, but she told me, I set an alarm for 7 a.m. I expected that alarm to go off at 7 a.m. And so we have all these expectations. And it's fine. You go to a restaurant and, and, and you, that someone's told you about. And they say, oh, man, Kip and Desiree Smith, who go to uh, church here, they, they were telling me about this umami burger place. And, and they just kept talking about it. And it was so awesome. I, what, so Lisa and I went. I had some expectations. It was going to be an awesome hamburger, and it was going to cost me a lot of money. I had those two expectations. Both were met, by the way. Uh, I met my expectations. And, and so we have these, all these little expectations, but what happens when those expectations be, get to kind of the next level? Like, I expect my f- spouse to be faithful. I, I expect that we're going to retire. I expect that I'm going to be in this job for the rest of my life. I expect I won't be in this job for the rest of my life. And, and these big things. What if you expect God to heal and he doesn't? What if you expect that if you give 10% of your income and all that kind of stuff, God's going to protect you and you won't get laid off? And you do. And so what happens in expectations, the, the thing is we, ha- we all have them whether we know it or not. What I want to do this morning, is just kind of give an intro sermon to where we're going to be going in the next few weeks. About how, where we get expectations, what do we do with them? Are they all bad? Some of us have expectations. We've, we've lowered them. We've gotten our expectations. We just decided in order for me not to get hurt, I'm going to have no expectations. I'm just going to, you know what, I just... Or even worse, we have expectations that it's just not going to work out because nothing in our life has ever worked out. And so there's all these things. And some of you might be in that spot right now. You might be coming to church for the very first time going, you know what? I don't know what to expect, but I got I to gotta do something with my life because it's in shambles. And so you, had, you came in here and welcome. We're glad this is a great place to come if you have low expectations. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> all right. This is a great, great place to come. 
as you kind of work that out. So what we're going to do this morning is we're going to look at um, kind of some expectations in the Bible. We'll talk a little bit about um, are they all bad or are they all good? And then we're going to look at a guy in the Old Testament that had a certain amount of expectation because he was somebody who was following after God. And if you follow after God, your life goes really awesome, right? I mean, isn't that, isn't that what it's all about? I read my Bible, I pray, I give money, and, uh, you know, why don't you throw me a little something, something when it comes time? You know, that's kind of the thing. And, 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 and yet, we find often that that is absolutely not the case. And so, do we just have no expectations in life? Do we expect that God's just going to not do anything or just do what he wants? And so what's the point? So those are the things we're going to talk about. And then uh, I'm going to give you a little homework assignment at the end that you can do this week that I think will be fun. And uh, I have a question at the end that I want you to be asking yourself throughout this week. It's a question that I've been asking myself this week. I get to cheat because as I work on the sermon, I get to kind of go through that. And then we'll, we'll, we'll take off after that. Um, but uh, I went to a pastoral counseling class this in the fall. I'm going to seminary. I did kind of the ministry thing backwards. <laughs> I like got a church and then went to seminary, which is weird. But um, I, I'm in class and my pastoral counseling teacher is real smart and she's had all this stuff going on in her life and she can see, like she could see into my soul. So I, she's frightened me. But she made this statement and she said, all expectations are bad. And that's how she opened up the class. And I'm like, what? Like, all expectations are bad. She said, give me an expectation that, that you should have. And I said, well, I, I kind of expect my wife to stay faithful. <laughs> you know, there you go. Shoot that one down, right? And we just systematically started going through all these expectations. Like, well, I'm sure lots of couples had that expectation. You know, I'm like, now you're talking about my wife. No, but I mean, we, it's like, we just started this conversation, and I, it just got me thinking about these expectations. And, and, and here's what AA says about expectations. Expectations are premeditated resentments. Like you gear yourself up to resent when they, don't, when they aren't met. And if you've been in a relationship, you've kind of seen that happen. You know, you, 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 you were doing something. You know, like maybe like I was joking when I did, you know, you clean the house. And all of a sudden, you expect your husband to come home and notice. You cut your hair, you expect your husband to know, Or maybe you guys are past that, and you're like, nah, I, we're way past that. But it's like, and, and so they don't, or they don't notice, or they don't do this, or they don't remember the anniversary, or whatever. And what happens? Resentment comes in. Same, same goes, I was picking on the ladies, but same thing goes with men. You have certain expectations. Yeah. We won't get into all of them, but um, you have certain expectations. And if they're not met, you're upset, okay? And so uh, I like that. But I, I really like this next one. This next thing about expectations is what Kai, our uh, youth director, said in a staff meeting. Because these series, when we, when we present a series, we talk about it in our staff meetings. And we go over different things and do some planning and stuff. And uh, he, he said this, which I really like. Expectations diminish gratitude. Because if you expect something and it happens, you're really not thankful because it was what you expected. I thought that was a good one. I, I like that one. And so, uh, so we're, we're talking about that. But here's the thing. The Bible is full of expectations. The, the Bible has them all in there. As a matter of fact, I don't know if you remember, but um, when we were going through the stories series, 
One of the first stories we talked about was when Jesus was in the synagogue. He, he's in there. They give him a scroll of Isaiah to read. And, and he says, um, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach good news to the poor, to set the captives free. I don't know if you remember that, but, but Jesus said that. And then he said, today, this has been fulfilled in your hearing. Now, if you were a good Jew at that time, and you were in the synagogue, and you were listening to Jesus, and he said that that was a reference to the Messiah, you would begin to have the expectation that Jesus is going to do something Messiah-like. He's already got kind of this, this kind of growing thing about him, and all of a sudden, you know, it's like, hey, he... he you know, this is right. And you're thinking, where are the poor ones? Where are the captives? That's right. And then Jesus messes up all their expectations. Jesus starts talking about Gentiles and how Elijah helped this widow who was a Gentile and how, how um, God met this Gentile. And all of a sudden, they start getting worked up and worked up and worked up. And so they, they take him and they're going to throw him off a cliff. Now, how do you go? First of all, don't try to throw Jesus off a cliff. Uh, but how do you go from being kind of like stoked to wanting to throw someone off a cliff? Unmet expectations. Now, we can look at them and go, oh man, but this happens to us all the time in our own lives, right? A promotion comes up. You look at the list of people who are going to be promoted and you're thinking, I'm a shoe-in. I, I, I work 60 hours, 70 hours a week. The boss just gave me a glowing review. I'm going to get that promotion. And all of a sudden it doesn't happen and you want to throw them off a cliff. You have certain expectations. You know, you turn your car in. They say it's going to be 50 bucks and it'll be done by tomorrow. And you get the bill and it's 500 bucks and it was three weeks later. And you, you, you want to throw them off a cliff, even if that's exactly what it should be. The fact that we had an expectation of something different means we're upset about that. And so that's what they did with Jesus. They tried to throw him off the cliff because their expectations weren't met. Well, what I want to do now is look at a guy named Elijah in a story that we talked a little bit about uh, a few months ago in our other stories series. And, and, it, and I don't know if you remember that, but I'll just set it up before we get to the scripture. It's in 1 Kings chapter uh, 19. But Elijah um, was a prophet in Israel at a time when the, the country was worshiping idols. And the idol that they were worshiping was this idol Baal, B-A-A-L. And, uh, and God's spirit was beginning to be burdened by this, and Elijah was getting all worked up. And Elijah was a really cool prophet, and he got to do all sorts of uh, neat stuff. And one of the greatest things he did was um, he gathered 70 prophets of Baal and he had them build an altar. And then he built an altar with just himself and they put the sacrifice on the altar. And he said, why don't you call upon your God Baal to zap the light, the altar and kind of zap it and have him show up, have him show himself. And so they begin to do this. They, they, they get it all set up and they start doing their worship and getting all crazy and doing the Dougie and all. Like they're just going all, they, they start cutting themselves to show this God how serious they are about worship. And, uh, and nothing. And this goes on for hours. And so Elijah starts getting kind of cocky. 
And he's like, hey, you know, he kind of wanders over to their thing and starts kind of joking with them, like, hey, maybe you're God's going to the bathroom, you know, ah, you know, and they're, they get, makes him infuriated, like, even more, and whips them all up. Um, he says to me, you know, maybe he can't hear, maybe he, he can't hear you, shout louder, and he, he starts doing that, and so nothing happens, so he's kind of like, you had enough, because here we go, and he goes over to his altar, and again, he's just kind of arrogant, it was, could be like any other dude who was a prophet, okay, so, uh, and he's like, why don't you pour water on this one, and so they dig dig this big trench, and they pour water on. He's like, dude, put some more water on there. Put some more water on there. And it's just like until the thing's just soaking wet, and then he's just like, shazam. (laughs) And God just, boom, takes, wipes everything up with fire. Now, if that were you, and you just did that, wouldn't you kind of be pretty confident in life? (laughs) I mean, what is going to bug you wouldn't, shouldn't he, wouldn't you expect that that person was now just like, whatever, I just saw God shoot fire down and lick up this whole thing, the altar, everything. It's, the Bible says everything was gone. But he gets this letter from the king's wife, this lady named Jezebel. And, and all it says, basically the letter just says, I'm going to kill you, <laughs> Right? And again, wouldn't you just be like, oh, why don't you come over to where this altar was and we'll talk about it there. And, you know, it, but he gets scared and he runs away. And he's, he's fearful. And so God tells him to go to this mountain, Mount Carmel, not Caramel. It's not a Carmel mountain. It's not Candyland, okay? It's like, which would be awesome. But it's not. It's Mount Carmel. And he goes there and he's... He, he gets there, and this is where we find him. He's in a cave, okay? And so it's in 1 Kings, let me get my glasses. 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 9. There he went into a cave and spent the whole night, uh, and, and spent the night. And the word of the Lord came to him. I just love, I love the way God asks questions to us to get our attention. Uh, for me personally, God speaks to me mostly in questions. Uh, when I, I, like, why are you such an idiot? No, I uh, don't, but, but uh, he says, what are you doing here, Elijah? Now think about it from God's perspective. I just zapped the altar right in front of your face and you're scared about this, the king's wife? What are you doing here? And, and, and maybe for some of you, maybe this is the question God is asking you right now. You kind of take an inventory of your life. And God's going, what are you, what are you doing there? Why, why are you messing with that stuff? Why are you so fearful? Didn't, haven't you seen what I've done? Haven't you seen how I took care of you during that thing? Haven't you seen? I mean, what are you doing here? For some of you, this question is what you should be pondering this week. What? How did I get here where I'm at? And how do I go back the way I'm coming? But that's not what we're going to talk about this morning. How, what are you doing here? Now watch, Elijah's response, I think, is the key to how dangerous expectations can be. And how dangerous they can be to, to you know, what you might miss. If, you're, if you have all these expectations, what you might miss in the process. 
This is the first thing out of his mouth. I have been very jealous, uh, zealous for the Lord God Almighty. I've been very zealous. Now, normally when you and I speak like that, when we start something off like that, we're trying to make a point. I work hard all day. You know, it's like that same type of thing, right? You know, you, you, you say, you know, I, you know, I'm not the only one who, you know, whatever it is. He's making the statement. I, I've been very zealous for the Lord. Almost always, after a statement like that, you will begin to see the expectations start to come out of your mouth. He says, I've been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I'm the only one left, which he actually knew wasn't true, uh, but he just has this thing rehearsed. And now they're trying to kill me too. I, here's what Elijah's saying. I was very zealous, and you haven't met my expectations. It wasn't supposed to be this way. I did everything I could, and look at where we are. I work really hard, and they let me, they let me go. I've, I've, I've done everything I can for this relationship, and he walked out. We've done everything we can, but she, but he, but they. Those are expectations. And so he says that, and here's what happens. The Lord has something to say. He says, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Now this, if it were you or me, um, I'd be a little freaked out about this. Like, okay, imagine here you are, you're just sitting here, and all of a sudden, you, and you know it's God. God says, go walk in your garage. I'm going to meet you in there. <laughs> You'd be like, what? In the garage? Yeah, go in the garage. I want to meet you in the garage. You're thinking, oh, what, you know, what, what would you say? I, I, this is what I'd say. Am I in trouble? <laughs> right? Because that's been my entire life, right? That's the thing that comes out of my whole life. Am I in trouble? Are we Okay, okay, no, good. But imagine God says, I want to meet you in the garage. So he goes to the mountain, and uh, this is so cool. I, I don't want you to miss this. Um, and, and some of you know this story, and so you're, you're, you know what's coming. But it's just a great, great concept. That, then a great and powerful wind tore the mountain apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. See, if I walk into my garage and there's this giant cyclone, I'm thinking that's God. I'm thinking, wow, you know, he's you know, who's going to clean all this up, I guess, is what I think, right? But I, I, that's what I'd be thinking, like, wow. He says, no, the Lord's not in the wind. Now, now listen, the wind was before the Lord, it says. So he was there, but he just wasn't in the wind. He wasn't in the actual thing that was happening. He was out of it. I hope, hope that makes sense, okay? Uh, uh, and then it goes, uh, after the wind, there was an earthquake. Well, that sounds like God, an earthquake. He's big. And, and that's, if I were God, I'd make earthquake, you know, to show that I'm, it was there. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake came fire. Well, that'd be cool. We just saw fire lick up that altar and, and take it up. But he wasn't in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. I just, I just want you to hang on to that for a little bit because we're going to go into Psalm uh, 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 46 and we're going to kind of see that. But I just, 
I just want you to kind of think about that for a while. There's a big wind. This giant, it says it tore the mountain up. And then there was this big earthquake in the spider. All the things you kind of expect God to do. do If God's going to meet you somewhere, you expect it to be like a burning bush thing or a you know, something, a parting of the Red Sea. I mean, you kind of see that, that. If God said, meet me in the garage, I would expect that it would be something kind of freaky. And he just whispers. He just, you know, can you imagine? You go into your garage and he's like, hey, how's it going? And you're like, well, where are you? I'm right here, just whispering. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, well, dude, you know, hey, now that we're here, you know, can you charge all my power tools? Well, you know, do something, you know, kind of get, you know. See, here's the question we're going to be asking ourselves during the week. Why do you have that expectation? And, and as you begin, you can get as detailed as you want, because I did. I just kind of began to look through my week, and I just began to kind of say, like, you know, my car started, and I was like, oh, good. And I, well, why did you expect that your car would start? Well, because it started. A, well, what, what does that say about you? What does it say about God? Just kind of explore that a little bit. Now, you, you could go crazy doing it, but, but all of a sudden, you'll find yourself noticing things, maybe hearing God in some things. As you begin to analyze your thought process, God calls this the renewing of your mind. You you begin to go, you know what? Why do I think I'm going to retire? Where did that come from? And what's involved in that expectation? Because I expect I'm going to make my own money and make enough to retire, and I'm going to make, I think I'm in control of my finances. Hmm. Now, if I can't retire, what does that say? Well, I don't know. Okay, so he shows up in the whisper, and Elijah heard it, and he pulled his cloak over his face, as, you know, we kind of would. And then again, the voice comes out and says, what are you doing here, Elijah? And he's like, well, I wanted to see you show up, I guess, but what are you doing on this mountain? Get... And, and, and we don't get, have time to go in, into it. Um, but what's interesting is that Elijah a- answers this question exactly to the word, comma, apostrophe, whatever is in it, exactly like he did uh, back in verse 10. Exactly. He says, I've been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, tore down your altars, and put... It's almost like he'd rehearsed this all along, all along. Well, these rehearsals become very dangerous in our lives. You, we have all have these conversations with ourselves, these rehearsals, where we think, well, when they say, I'm going to say, and if he doesn't, then I'm going to. And, and these are all built on expectations. Well, what, what do you do when God doesn't act the way you want him to act? He, it doesn't work out the way you'd expect. And so Elijah kind of, does this again, you know, he says it again, exactly, same word for word, you could take, you could print it up, put it, and put another piece of paper over it, print it up, the next verse, and they're identical, they're identical. And so, like I said, we don't have time to get into it, but, but basically God says, go back the way you came, okay? Like, go, go, go back the way you came. Let's start to reverse some of this stuff. And over the coming weeks, that's what we were going to try and do. 
is maybe see if we can go back the way we came. Maybe we have some expectations that we've placed on people that were unfair. Maybe we have some expectations we've placed on ourselves that are unfair. Maybe we have some expectations we've placed on God that are unfair. And how do we go back? How do we, how do we wrestle those? So if you would, um, go to Psalm 46 if you have your Bibles or your phones or iPad or whatever. And uh, I just want to go through this psalm briefly and see if we can find any clues as to how we get through these expectations, how we analyze them, and, and maybe some tools that we have. And one of these particular verses we're going to keep repeating over the next few weeks until we really get it ingrained in our thought process. Psalm 46, uh, chapter, I mean, verse 1. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Now, if you have a Bible and you underline it, uh, if you're new to the Bible things and you think underlining it is like defacing it, <laughs> it's not. It's not. You're not tagging your Bible. It's just, uh, you know, you're just, it's so that when you go back, you can remind yourself of stuff, okay? So don't, don't, don't worry about that, you know. Unless, remember Chaka? Remember the guy on the freeway that wrote Chaka? Uh, I'm 46. Okay, here we go. God is our refuge and strength, and ever-present, ever-present, meaning He's always here. Now, this is so huge as we start getting into expectations and them being met or not being met. In the midst of what you're going through now and in the midst of anything you're about ready to face, God is with you, ever-present. It's not just when the wind comes or the earthquake comes or the fire comes. He's always there. Okay, so I just, I, we, the next four weeks are going to be, uh, we, we shouldn't even do it if we don't get this part down. <laughs> it's got a big part. Ever present, okay? Help and trouble. Watch. Therefore, we will not fear. Now notice this. It's not therefore He's going to work it all out. Therefore, don't worry your pretty little head about it. He's going to come through. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. Now, those are some expectations <laughs> that I have that, you know, are, should be met. I expect the mountain not to fall into the sea. Okay, that's though I can usually count on that. But here's what the psalmist is saying. You can't count on that. You can't count on anything. You can't expect anything. You're not in control of anything. You guys are like, you know, like, oh, man, I hate this church, you know. Well, because you expected that. Okay, right. But you can't control anything. He says, even if, even if the mountains fall into the sea, though, the, and then it, it goes on. Uh, though its waters roar and foam, the mountains quake with their surging. Now watch this. Then he like switches the imagery from these mountains falling to the sea and the, you know, all this stuff. Like even when, you're, when your life is rocked to its core, God is a strength ever present to help. Therefore, we will not fear. And then he goes into this other imagery that's really cool. There's a river whose streams make glad the city of God. 
the holy place where the Most High dwells. You see, see the two images, like the, the, the mountains and the, oh, I mean, your life, anything can happen in life that just rocks you, but there's this other place where God is that's calm and serene, and he's in control, and he's not freaking out. So uh, that's where the Most High dwells. God is within her, within this river. She will not fail a fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice. The earth melts. Like this is the God we serve. That's that God that just is so powerful and so, oh man, he's here. He's with you, ever present. Some of us are like, like with me? Like, was he with me last night? Yeah. Oh, whoops. You know, right? He's here. Okay, watch Catch this one, because this is he says this twice. I want you to see this. Uh, it melts, and then, uh, the Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Though your whole life, the mountains, the stuff you're counting on, though that stuff crumbles, God's with you. He's there. It might not be a fire. It might not be a wind. It might not be a winning lottery ticket. It might not be a car that always works all the time. He is with you. He's present. Okay? So he goes and he says this, come and see what the Lord has done. And then, then it gets kind of Old Testament lingo in there, like the, the desolations he's brought on the earth. You're like, wow. But listen to what, he's, what they're talking about. He makes war cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. In other words, he can take care of this stuff. That's not the point. The point is, is that he's here. That he's a fortress. That you can rely on him. That no matter what you're going through in that relationship, in those jobs, and, um, you know, your finances and stuff, he's there. Now, then, say, so what, what do we do? What am I supposed to do then, <laughs> right? Well, the next verse is the one that I, I, I want us to keep hitting on over the next few weeks uh, so that we can really get this... In, uh, in there. He says, be still and know that I am God. Man, is that not the opposite of what you want to do when everything starts crumbling? I mean, that is, this is opposite of me. <laughs> like, the first thing I want to do is fix and solve and figure out and, and get a good system in place where this will never happen again. You know, like that's the first, I want to just figure it out. I mean, in crisis, I kind of think I'm a good guy to have around because I don't freak out. I just kind of like try to just like, okay, you know, here we go. It's the opposite of what God's saying to us as we start having unmet expectations because you will have many, 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 many. You'll probably have one at lunch today. (laughs) Some unmet expectation. Be still. Now, it's not be defeated. It's not, hey, just forget about it. You know, it's not like just, um, well, you know what? Bad things happen, so sorry for you. You know, uh, know, it's none of that. It's be still and know Let it sink in. Let it resonate that he is God and he is here in the midst of this circumstance. That's hard to do, isn't it? I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's just me. 
that's hard for me. I, I, it, it's difficult, but this is what we're going to start talking about in the coming weeks. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted in the earth. And then he says the same thing he said, or she said, I don't, we don't know who wrote this one, I don't think. Uh, in verse 7, the Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. This particular psalm is divided into two sections, and they both end with this, the kind of the, 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 the chorus, if you will, of that song is, the Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. So here's the question I want to ask you that I'm hoping you'll ask yourself throughout the week as you begin to explore, what expectations did I have? You know, well, how did I expect this job to go? How, how, did, how did I expect this day to go? I woke up and I, I why am I upset? Well, I had the max expectations. Here, here's the question I have for us. Do you want God to meet your expectations or do you want to meet God? And so you think about it this way. Do I, do I want God to meet my expectations here or do I want to meet him here? Because he's already there. And oftentimes in my own life, I will miss the whisper of God because I'm too busy talking about getting my expectations met. And so as we begin to kind of head into this, into this series, you might know somebody right now who's, just, who, who, who's devastated because their expectations weren't met. Invite them to church over the next four weeks. Help them. We'll, we'll, we'll keep going back over this question. Do I, want my expe- I, do I want God to meet my expectations or do I want to meet God? Now, here's what I found as I asked myself that question. I know what I'm supposed to answer. I want to meet God. You know, that it's like if you want to get 100% on the test, the answer is you want to meet God. Okay, that's the answer. But what I found when I'm really honest with myself is I don't want to meet God. I want to meet my expectations. Like just, and, and I'll pick and choose. Like, I'll meet you on that one. I'll meet you on that one. And I'll meet you on that one. But fix that one. Get that one done. And, you know, tell her, you know, you know, I'm a good guy. You know, whatever. Uh, so it's like, it's like process that question. Don't just try to get the answer right. Answer it honestly. Because here's the thing. When it comes down to the promotion or something that's really important like that, it's like, oh, I don't want to go through struggles financially. I don't want to meet God in my pain there. <laughs> I want him to fix it. I want more money. I want, I want this thing fixed. And I think as we begin to do that, we will begin to hear the whisper of God go, what? 